0: I'm Julia Chatley in New York, and you've been watching CNN's continuing coverage of U.S. President Biden's surprise visit to Kyiv, Ukraine. His visit comes just ahead of the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion. President Biden said he made the trip to the capital city to show Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky that the U.S. is, quote, here to stay and that Vladimir Putin's war of conquest is failing.
1: One year later, Kyiv stands. And Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. The Americans stand with you. Freedom is priceless. It's worth fighting for for as long as it takes. And that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. We'll do it.
0: Thank you. there. During the visit, President Biden also announced a further $500 million worth of assistance to Ukraine. The package includes more military equipment, including artillery ammunition. And our next guest has said red lines must be crossed when it comes to sending military support to Ukraine. The Lithuanian president has been a strong advocate for more military support throughout the war and has urged the West to now consider sending fighter jets. And I'm pleased to say Gitenas Noseda is the president of Lithuania and he joins us now. President Noseda, fantastic to have you on the show. Thank you for your time, sir. And congratulations on recently celebrating Lithuania's own Independence Day. I want to begin with U.S. President Biden's visit to Kyiv in Ukraine. What message does that send and, and how important is this moment in your mind?
2: This is a very strong message of our unity and a message also to the aggressor Russia, that Ukraine will be not left alone and uh, that we will support uh, Ukraine uh, until the victory. Of course, the uh, importance of our biggest ally of NATO, United States, is just critically um, high. And uh, this is the reason, and probably the time as moral support is not less important than the decisions regarding the additional delivery of uh, weaponry uh, and uh, some uh, military items. I think uh, Ukrainians highly need our moral support too.
0: Moral and physical support to your point, uh, Mr. President. Um, The US president will also be heading to Poland and I believe you and other leaders of what's known as the, the Bucharest Nine are set to meet him too. Can I ask what message you will take to the U.S. President and what response you want to hear from him?
2: Uh, there are two very important areas of our cooperation. The mm. first one is, I already uh, presented, our decisive and continuous support for Ukraine. Another area is, of course, to take care about our own security and especially the security of the eastern flank of NATO. And you, as you understand, Lithuania, other Baltic uh, countries are exposed to the direct threats uh, from Belarus and from Russia. So this is the reason we expect some positive signals regarding our security. Uh, And this is especially important uh, looking forward to the NATO summit, which will take place in July 11 and 12 in Vilnius, the capital of Lithuania.
0: Yes, I'll come back to that NATO meeting, as you said, your country obviously hosting that later this year. Um, But I want to touch on comments that you made this weekend at the Munich Security Conference. And it was about the idea that every red line that nations have must be crossed in order to provide weaponry support to Ukraine. You've also suggested that in that vein, aircraft, planes should be given to Ukraine as well. What response have you had from other EU leaders, in particular, about providing planes? We know it's been a struggle even to get tanks. What are they saying about planes?
2: You see that this is already happening. And I remember many uh, red lines we have been drawing in the past regarding uh, different kinds of uh, equipment, military equipment and we crossed almost all of them. I remember we started from the delivery of helmets and bulletproof jackets. Then the uh, country like Germany switched to the deliveries of military items, weapons. Lithuania started uh, even before the war to deliver stingers. It happened uh, two weeks ahead of uh, the war uh, uh, broke out. And uh, this is very important that we cross these red lines, which are in our minds and do not really, really exist. And maybe sometimes Russia tries to uh, set up those red lines instead of us. But we should not waste the time, because we are wasting the time trying to cross these red lines. And every day of the war in Ukraine brings... Uh, uh, more and more casualties, uh, killed people, destroyed civil infrastructure, destroyed Ukrainian economy. And of course, after the war, it will cost a lot of financial resources to restore Ukrainian economy. So my message is not waste the time. Be decisive, be united, and take decisions as quick as possible.
0: We're approaching the one-year anniversary of the beginning of this war. Uh, President Noseda, are you still confident that providing more lethal weaponry is the best path to peace?
2: I think there is only one possibility or solution for peace negotiations through the defeat of Russia. Otherwise, it's really too optimistic to expect that there will be serious discussions or serious negotiations between Ukraine and tr- Russia about the peace. Yes, as you know, uh, Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky presented the 10 points, 10 points plan, peace uh, formula or peace plan. But as uh, you see, that reaction from Osh- Russia was was uh, just not any will any political will and any uh, will to discuss those uh, points because both sides ukraine and russia are too far away from each other uh, about understanding of the conditions of the peace and there sooner ukraine will achieve the progress in uh, the battlefields will take this momentum there weaker it will be possible to return to the negotiations table but now just in the green field to start to talk about the peace it's in my view just too optimistic it's not possible now maybe it will be possible tomorrow but only through the success in the battlefields this is a reality
0: and we'll keep talking about both of it i think as well and and continue to talk about the possibility at least for peace even if to your point as you say it's it's simply not possible at this stage. I also want to ask you about China and some of the comments that the foreign minister made at the Munich Security Conference yesterday and it was tied to concerns from the United States that China is close to providing lethal weaponry to Russia Are you also concerned about that? Can I ask what it would mean? And do you believe China when they say they're pushing for peace?
2: You know, it's very uh, difficult to understand how it would lead to the peace if the Mm. evidence is there that China is providing Russia, the aggressor country, with weaponry and with ammunition. If this is the case, it means that it will lead to even longer and more bloody war in Ukraine. So this uh, is a very clear message that uh, Chinese authorities, Chinese government should just not interfere into this war because uh, the aggressor country is Russia and the victim of aggression is Ukraine. That is pretty clear.
0: And the Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson earlier today made some comments that suggested, and it's similar to what Russia has said in the past, that actually that NATO members, particularly the United States, are perhaps the aggressor here, which is the balance, I think, that everybody's trying to find. As you mentioned, you're hosting the next NATO summit in July of this year in, in Vilnius. What concrete outcomes are you hoping for? And and by that point, will Finland and Sweden be NATO members?
2: We have to take uh, very important decisions in Vilnius Mm. summit. First of all, uh, we expect that uh, the defence plans, especially regional defence plans, will be approved until Vilnius summit. Then I hope and I expect the implementation of some bold and important decisions we took in Madrid during the Madrid NATO summit, especially concerning air defense. And mm. uh, now the, uh, the airspace of Baltic countries and some other eastern flank countries is protected just by air policy missions. In, uh, during the peacetime, probably it's a suitable formula to protect the air by air policing. But uh, during the crisis, or especially in this uh, complex uh, uh, situation, we need more. We need air defense systems in place. And we presented some, some, some ideas and some uh, thoughts about possible rotational model of air defense elements in the baltic countries and i expect that we will find the solutions even ahead of vilnius summit then investment uh, defense investment pledge very important uh, element of our common security and uh, currently as you know the 2% of gdp level is treated mm. as a ceiling we expect that in vilnius summit we will look uh, uh, at this uh, percentage with the fresh ice, and we will see that uh, that, uh, these 2% uh, uh, GDP level will be treated as a baseline, as a floor, uh, rather than ceiling. And uh, perspectives of Ukraine uh, are important too, because those are the expectations of our friends in Ukraine, that there will be some decisions not just repeating of old, old, uh, old um, the definitions about open doors of NATO, but something more, uh, especially uh, fitting the expectations of uh, Ukraine that they will be brought closer to NATO. Not full uh, uh, fledged membership, uh, this is not uh, realistic, but some signals or some movements toward uh, this uh, direction. And Finland, uh, Sweden, as their new members of NATO would be highly welcomed in the Vilnius summit too, but we will see uh, what will happen with the re- ratification process of the membership of those countries. And I am optimistic about that.
0: So your, your message has been consistent, I think, for the last year, and you will continue to push. Thank you once again for your time, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you soon. The Lithuanian president there, Gitanas Noseda. So thank you. Welcome back to First Move and a reminder of our top story this hour. U.S. President Joe Biden's surprise visit to Kiev, a show of solidarity in the week that marks one year since the Russian invasion. You can see him here meeting with President Zelensky and the First Lady too. The Ukrainian leader says U.S. support will be, quote, remembered eternally. President Biden has now left, heading to Warsaw for talks with the Polish president and more. Let's bring in Caitlin Collins now. She joins us from Warsaw, Poland. Caitlin, great to have you with us. President Zelensky called the visit by the US president brave. He also said there would be repercussions perhaps on the battlefield from Russia as a result. A calculated decision, I think, in many respects from the US president here.
3: Yeah, a very calculated visit. And one that we are now told by sources was actually months in the making, planning Mm. this with only a handful of aides really throughout the administration knowing. And that's a break from typically how they plan presidential travel. Normally, a lot of people are involved. It's this big effort to make sure that they've crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. But for one of this sensitivity, it is very close hold. And so we are told that last Friday, President Biden huddled with his aides inside the Oval Office. And that is when he made the final call yes, he was going to go into Kiev just days before that one year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And so he departed Washington at about 4 a.m. local on Sunday morning. He wasn't actually scheduled to leave until much later tonight from Washington to come here to Poland. But making that trip, only two reporters were on the plane, only a handful of the president's staff, a small medical team, a photographer. That was really it that was traveling with President Biden, in addition, to, of course, to the Secret Service and the security part of this trip. And he now made that train ride into Kiev. We'll learn more details about what exactly that planning looked like. But given he is very much still in Ukraine and is on his way out. The White House is keeping those details private for the moment because, of of course, concerns for his security. And so while he was there on the ground, you did see him announce that half a billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. That is going to include a lot of the weaponry that we've seen the United States send before, the javelins, the howitzers. The big questions remain, though, about what the U.S. is going to do on the F-16 fighter jets or those longer range missiles that you've seen the Ukrainians say that they so desperately need to turn the tide of this war, to break the kind of logjam that it's been in. But this was a symbolic trip at a critical moment for both President Biden and President Zelensky and the Ukrainians. And so we'll see what President Biden says about the trip overall when he arrives here in Poland, which we expect in the next several hours or so.
0: Yes. And you'll be with us for that, too. Um, Months in the making, to your point, though. And it showed. Caitlin Collins, thanks for joining us from Warsaw, Poland there. In the meantime, China's top diplomat is set to visit Moscow this week amid fears that Beijing might soon send weaponry to help the Russian war effort. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who held a tense meeting with Wang Yi over the weekend, is warning Beijing against such a move.
2: To date, we have seen Chinese companies, and of course in China there's really no distinction between private companies and the state, we have seen them provide non-lethal support uh, to, uh, to Russia for use in Ukraine. The concern that we have now is based on information we have that they're considering providing lethal support. And we've made very clear to them that that would cause a serious problem for us and in our relationship.
0: Blinken also saying in a tweet that he warned Beijing never to send another unmanned balloon near U.S. airspace. He says China did not offer any apology for the incident during the weekend meeting. Mark Stewart joins us now from Tokyo. Mark, good to have you with us. It was a, a punchy response, I think, from China in response to concerns about this weaponry provision. America's not qualified to lecture them on this subject.
1: And Julia, over the last 48, 72 hours, we've seen so much verbal prodding between the United States and China. First, discussions over the balloons, and now these accusations from the U.S. that China may be considering helping Russia uh, get a hold of lethal weapons. Well, those words, those suggestions were not taken kindly by Beijing at all. In fact, today, this afternoon, uh, here in Asia, we heard from a spokesperson from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Beijing. Just want to read you a quick quote. Who is calling for dialogue and peace and who is handing out knives and encouraging confrontation? China maintains it's the peace player here. It's the one who is encouraging diplomatic discussions. But as we just heard from Secretary Blinken, there is some skepticism and he warned of implications. The question is, will those words be digested? Is this the end of this conversation? How will this play out? Julia, there's no clear roadmap right now
0: be continued mark great to have you with us thank you mark stewart there all right coming up after the break robotic rehabilitation the company using 3d printing to support and empower victims of war Welcome back and on to a startup that's using innovative technology to help injured Ukrainian soldiers and civilians. Open Bionics makes lightweight clinically approved prosthetic arms that it 3D prints for those living with below the elbow amputations. They're marketed as empowering aesthetics. And they're also partnering with the likes of Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm and Fox to provide superhero style arm covers ranging from R2-D2, as you can see there, to the Black Panther and even Iron Man. Not only are they novel in appearance, they're also costing a fraction of the price of traditional devices. And now Open Bionics has partnered with a Ukrainian charity called Superhumans, which is building a specialist hospital for war victims in the Ukrainian city of Lviv. You can see here soldiers trying out the Hero Arm. Joel Gibbard is the CEO of Open Bionics, and he joins us now. Joel, fantastic to have you on the show, and thank you for what what you and the team are doing. Um, Just explain to us what makes the Hero Arm unique, the technology behind it, first and foremost.
4: Yeah, sure. So um, it's 3D printed, which is something that's quite new to this industry. Um, But it's quite a good technology to be using because, of course, each prosthesis is custom made for the individual. It has to be custom designed. So 3D printing is a great technology for that. And it means that we can make something that's extremely lightweight and also in a lot of cases more accessible, more affordable as well.
0: And, And it's more comfortable, I guess, too, if it's specifically printed to fit the individual's arm
4: Yeah, the comfort of a prosthesis is often dependent on really great clinical care from their uh, prosthetics team. But um, what we've done in the design of our socket, which is the interface between the limb and the arm, is we've built in flexibility and ventilation. So it's one of the one of the first designs where the person wearing it can really feel the air on their arm, even while they're wearing the prosthesis.
0: And just give us a sense of the functionality, too, because I was looking um down the list of the functionality that it provides. And I know it goes down to um as young, children as young as eight, but also right through to, to adults. but you have six different grips to allow the arm to be used for for all sorts of different things. And actually we're showing that. We're seeing that now in in the video. And I think this is important, too, for people to understand. even if it's lighter, it's three d printed, but the functionality's there too.
4: That's right, yeah, so I've got a, an arm here. I can give you a little bit of a demonstration. Uh-huh. So perfect. Uh, this is this is a version of the hero arm. So functionally, it's got electrodes on the inside of the socket. And if I tap those, you'll see the fingers move. Um, and there's the different grip modes. As you explained, it can move the fingers independently. And one thing that you alluded to was the, the design. So it's got these removable covers. Um, you can remove those and reconnect them as well. So you can have one arm with different styles.
0: So you can be a different superhero on each day. And and it's not just children that want these because we've got video as well of of Ukrainian soldiers that I know you're working with and we can talk a bit more about that, but actually choosing, I think one of them was a Black Panther arm that was chosen.
4: Yeah, that's right. So we've we've worked with uh, Disney to try and create cover designs to help Mm. children feel empowered when they're wearing their prosthetics, feel like, their limb difference is their superpower. And one of the ways we can do that is by helping them to wear an arm that helps them to feel like their favourite superhero.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've said this in the past. And I think it's so important that it is it is about the, the physical aid that this provides, but it's also about the, the mental impact, the psychological impact, that, that feeling, as you're describing it, of, of empowerment, I think.
4: That's exactly it, yeah. So, I mean, there's... It, very dependent on individual circumstances for some people it 's a tool it does a, it does a job or it serves a specific purpose For other people, that purpose is to help them feel much more positive about themselves and about their body and about their limb difference and so we found that to be incredibly important, particularly with people that with some of our uh, patients have gone through trauma or they 've just grown up with a limb difference and then gone through that um, gone, gone through their Their time, childhood into adulthood, having to deal with being different and people noticing that and learning how to deal with the social interactions around that. Um, So, we found that that aesthetic is very important.
0: Okay, talk to me about the partnership with Superhumans. I love the name. I know it's a Ukrainian charitable foundation that's helping to provide uh, these prosthetics to. Ukrainian soldiers who've, who've been injured in the war, but also to civilians too. Joel, talk to me about the work there. And can you tell me anything about the financials as well? Who's, who's paying for these? Are you managing to, to make money, but also balance um, the humanitarian assistance, I think that's required in, in a war type environment?
4: That's yeah. right, yeah. So we were, we were um, contacted by the Superhumanist Ukraine team and we, we've met with them, and had some really, really productive discussions, plans for the future. They asked us if we could support with prosthetics for people that have lost limbs in the war, um, encompassing both um, military personnel and also civilians, as you mentioned. And there's a, lot, there's a lot of limb loss. So it's a very, very important problem to be able to address and provide some level of rehabilitation. Um, the Superhumans Ukraine is fundraising currently. Um, they've had some really major donors, including Richard Branson, um, put money forward to fund their, their project. They're building a a top of the line medical care centre in Lviv. And that's where the prosthetics are going to be fitted and delivered.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. And we're going to get superhumans on to talk about that. So it's good to know that they're um, fundraising as well. Um, Very quickly on the price here. I've read that the cost of one of these hero arms is somewhere between sort of twelve and a half to sixteen and a half thousand dollars. Um, And and. A traditional prosthetic arm in this case would cost them between 20 and $80,000. It, oh, am I in the right price range for, for what we're talking about for the, for the 3D printed arm that, that you're providing? What can you tell me about that?
4: Yeah, that's the right kind of ballpark. So right. obviously something like this can often be really dependent on individual le- individual's needs and um, care providers, um, and also between different countries and markets. Of so it's um, it's not it, yeah it's not something that you compare can compare in the same way as a consumer product. But yeah, that's about the right ballpark.
0: Okay, I have one minute, and this is a very important question as well. I know back in twenty seventeen, you won an award from the UAE, which helped you develop. Um, this arm. Then you crowdfunded money in 2019. Um, are you profitable? Are you looking for more investment? What can you tell me? And you have a minute to do a quick pitch.
4: Yeah, of course. So we're, we're a startup. We're growing the company right now. We've right. got some incredible product developments in the pipeline and also expansion to new countries. So that development needs to be funded. So we're, we're not profitable currently. That's kind of yeah. by design because we're investing any money that we're making from sales of our products into expanding the business and building more products to service people with more different types of uh, clinical needs and in new countries as well. So we're, 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 um, we've we're raised money to date through investment, through crowdfunding and through winning competitions, um, which you alluded to there. Yeah. And we, we will be continuing to fundraise for the business as well through investors. So we've got a really ambitious plan that we're undertaking currently. Um, we've raised <laughs> some money to, to pursue it. And there'll, there'll be another point in the, in the near future where we'll be fundraising again.
0: Awesome. You heard it here first. And hey, the product, I think, pitches itself. And there was a little boy there riding a bike with one of the arms. And I think his smile um, said it all. Joel, thank you for the work. Thank you for talking to us. And um, we'll stay in touch. Keep us posted, please, with your progress. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much.